This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another sub-sub-sub-segment uh, of fictional women around the world, where we are continuing our Star Wars celebration uh, in honor of the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi and the 45th anniversary of A New Hope. And this is kind of like, as this comes out, kind of the 20s of May are when all these movies came out. So they, it feels like a very Star Warsy time to me. Holly, friend of the show, huge Star Wars fan, her birthday's around this time, and I always think of her, and so I'm just in a Star Wars state of mind, which is, you know, like my usual, but whatever. Still, also, I always appreciate you, Samantha, going along for this ride. You already heard me get a little worked up oh, I know. about this I one before. I had to stop you and be like, okay, let's, let's record this because <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I will say uh, there are spoilers. I'll say massive spoilers for Mandalorian Season 3 if you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Uh, but I've already been spoiled on it. I was spoiled <laughs> on it before we decided to do this. So I'm not mad about it. But just know there are going to be. I did leave some things out, but you're going to be pretty spoiled. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm ready. Yes. Um, you can also uh, see our Satine Crease episode and our Sabine Rim episode, which we just had as a classic, uh, and our Ahsoka episode. Um, because the character we're talking about today, Bo-Katan Crease plays a big part in all of those. So check that out. I guess you could also see <laughs> the one I did about toxicity <laughs> in Mandalorian culture. <laughs> I guess you could check that out too. Okay, okay. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. This character is so fascinating to me because she's both, she's like well-loved and well-hated. Bad, like a lot of people hate her, but a lot of people love her. I liked her from what I know, what uh-huh. I've seen thus far. And again, that's not including... The Rebels last Mandalorian. Attack of the Clay Clones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like, I think she's a fascinating character. And we're going to go through her history, and it is a bumpy history. <laughs> but that I've, I've just always found that kind of interesting is that she does have such a fan following. And then there's like 
a sect. And, and even the actor who plays her, Katie Sackhoff, has an interview that's kind of gone viral, at least in my circle. It probably hasn't. But in like the Star Wars circle, it's kind of gone viral where she kind of breaks down the percentage of like 70% of people love her, 20% this, 20, 10% this, and 5% this. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit more at the end. I also want to mention, this was a delight that I found out when I visited my mom on Mother's Day. She is in her Star Wars era. She has seen more than Mead. <laughs> she has seen Eat. Mandalorian season three. Like, Mead wow. Well, I mean, she hasn't seen some of the cartoons, but she's seen like a lot of stuff that I did not, this was not me pressuring her. Uh-huh. She even like double checked because she was worried she had lost. <laughs> she uses my Disney Plus account and she was worried she'd lost it and was like, no, I'm in the middle of this. You've got to fix it. And I was like, okay, we can work this out. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I've been there. We'll um, fix it. It was it's very, not very. Lost. It's not lost. She was in the middle of Kenobi, I think. And she was like, I gotta know. I was like, okay. Probably, Kenobi's like one of the slowest of them. I know. <laughs> and like, you kind of know what happens. Right. <laughs> but she was in it, man. She was in it. And I love Proud it. Proud of her. I love it. It was, it was so fun. <laughs> we got to talk about like some really obscure Star Wars stuff. Oh, Has she watched the holiday special though? Yes, of course. Oh. She, her watching the holiday special was one of the most fun Christmases I've ever had. Because she kept looking at me and saying, is this real? And I was like, yes, it is. That's a legitimate question. (laughs) It is, Mom. (laughs) And then there is a lot of Star Wars stuff happening right now. I just finished the second season of Visions. I really liked it. The Ahsoka trailer came out, which Bo-Katan may show up in. Who knows? All right, but let's get into the history. I cannot stress enough, uh, go see our Satine Kreese episode, even though I mispronounced her name because I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> because it has a lot more like of the history of Mandalore and Mandalorian politics. And that stuff is really confusing, and I just don't want to explain it again. So I'm going to glaze over. I just know it weighed on you the minute you heard the name. You're like, no, and yeah. I would have never noticed. Ever. This is like shame to my name. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I know. You said what? I think I did like an apology. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? What's happening? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so Satine is Bo-Katan's sister. So they they play big roles. On, they're kind of opposites in a lot of ways. Even in looks, they were designed to be opposite. And that's going to be throughout this. But she first appeared in the 14th episode of the fourth season of Star Wars The Clone Wars and in an episode called A Friend in Need. That came out in 2012. And the name, apparently, is a nod to Filoni, Dave Filoni, who's creator, uh, his wife's cat. Uh, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course, obviously. He's obviously. ran out of real people, so he's going to name the cat. I mean, might as well. Might as well. At this point, he has so many uh, <laughs> yes. already dedicated, so might as well go for the pets now. <laughs> right. I do love kind of the, the contrast of Satine Bo-Katan, <laughs> <laughs> name-wise. Yes, yeah, so Bo-Katan Kreese is voiced and played in live action by Katie Sackhoff. It was a big deal uh, when she showed up in The Mandalorian Season 2, because she does kind of spot-on look like her. But also, that just doesn't happen very often where the voice actor plays the, the live action character. So it was a pretty big deal. She's a human Mandalorian princess and member of House Kreese. And she is opposed to her pacifist sister. Uh, her sister is very pacifist in her political beliefs. She tried to steer Mandalore that way. But Bo-Katan was fascinated with the warrior past of Mandalore and Mandalorians. 
She spent most of her time growing up in the Mandalore system, which is kind of unique among Mandalorians as well, especially Mandalorians that grew up in that period. After the death of their father, Satine became the Duchess of Mandalore, while Bo-Katan inherited a set of armor passed down through their family through generations, and she swore the Mandalorian creed in the living waters of the mines of Mandalore. But she did not believe there was anything special about it. She thought it was just a spectacle. She did it kind of for political points. And then she was very eager to get back to Mandalore's history of war and combat in the face of everything uh, her sister believed in and was striving for. So she joined a terrorist group uh, called Death Watch. And this was led by Pre Vizsla. And yes, that is Paz Vizsla from The Mandalorian. Once they were exiled from the Mandalorian system, so he was kind of leading it, they tried to forge a partnership with Count Dooku and the Confederacy of Independent Systems. And when that didn't work, they instead joined forces with former Sith Darth Maul, who, if you've seen the movie, the show, not really a good guy, but he's an interesting, he's an interesting fellow. Uh, He's got some nuances as well. And uh, also Maul's brother, Savage Oppress. They came up with a plan to utilize Maul's Shadow Collective, which included several crime syndicates, to take back Mandalore. So if you've seen like the end of Solo, that's kind of what was going on there. Though Bo-Katan did point out that the last time they'd worked with a Sith, uh, Dooku, it had not gone well, and she did secretly express doubts about this whole thing. So Satine's rule was overthrown by Death Watch, and Pre Vizsla's, he kind of stepped in as the leader, but then it didn't last long because Maul... They, they had arrested Maul. They were kind of like, oh, I gotcha. We were just using you to get the throne. And he was like, all right. And then he escaped and then challenged <laughs> Pre Vizsla in a duel to, for the Darksaber, which, as you know, that's kind of in the Mandalorian lore that makes you the, the king, the ruler. And Maul killed Vizsla and banished Bo-Katan and her night owls. And she vehemently said, no outsider should rule Mandalore. But they were forced to flee. An imperial puppet leader was installed, something Bo-Katan really couldn't stand for. She realized that she'd messed up and helped free her sister and contacted a Jedi that had previously confronted Maul, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And yes, that is also Satine's love interest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did I mention, for added drama, Mandalorians and the Jedi were ancient enemies. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Also, there's a big conspiracy theory about Bo-Katan and Satine's nephew, Corky Krees. Why? Why, Corky? Corky Krees. And uh, whether and Bogotan are like so like bad, I know. <laughs> but you have Corky, Corky, dear dear oh, Corky. Corky, Corky's a good dude. Uh, but there's speculation that Obi Wan is his dad. Uh, <laughs> None of them could think of a better name than Corky. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, nothing. No, um, Satine. I also learned is based on Kate Blanchett, um, and also Aww. the name is from Moulin Rouge Satine, who Ewan McGregor, who plays Obi Wan. Fell in love with. I don't know if that's confirmed, but everybody seems to think it's true. So, Obi-Wan was captured by Maul due to related Mandalorian drama. I am skimming over so much, but otherwise we'd be here forever. And Maul killed Satine to punish Obi-Wan. She died in his arms. Um, Bo-Katan helped free Obi-Wan and fought alongside him. And then she requested aid from the Republic and as the viewer, you know, Order 66 is literally just about to happen, but she doesn't oh. know that. She receives the aid, but it's less than she would have liked. Um, and there's also like this whole holdup that she detested of Obi-Wan getting approval. She was like, just give it to me, my sister, you loved her. And he was like, oh, I've got to get approval. Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of these reinforcements did get rerouted due to Palpatine's machinations. But with the help of Ahsoka Tano, uh, they were able to defeat Darth Maul. Bo-Katan was briefly regent of Mandalore, but when she refused to answer to the new emperor, um, she was betrayed by Clan Saxon for the empire. And their leader swore allegiance to the empire, and he became the imperial viceroy and governor of Mandalore. Brief aside, Ahsoka had previously met Bo-Katan, had been captured by Death Watch, was sentenced to execution and escaped. But they ended up joining forces in sort of an enemy of my enemy is my friend mentality, which is absolutely Bo-Katan. Like, that is her to, to fight Maul. But they parted on good terms. They shook hands. Bo-Katan affectionately called her something like a force-wielding psycho. I assume it was, it seemed affectionate. Tano believed that Kreese would be a good leader for Mandalore. Their relationship is complicated and the source of a lot of fan fiction. Oh my gosh, I will say that. (laughs) And then, okay, a lot of Mandalorian politics followed. Clan Wren tried to overthrow Clan Saxon, which led to a civil war. All of it eventually led to Clan Wren presenting the Darksaber. So yes, go see our Sabine Wren episode for more about that. But if you remember, it must be one in combat, traditionally. And essentially means that the wielder is the ruler of Mandalore. So when they gave it to Bo-Katan, they kind of broke tradition. Um, the Empire retaliated with all of this because they were like, oh, they're never going to join us with something called the Great Purge of Mandalore, which they did depict in Season 3. 
Many died, the planet was decimated, and Bo-Katan lost the Darksaber to Moth Gideon. So she gathered a group of uh, Mandalorians, yes, the Night Owls, and they made a plan to retake the Darksaber from Gideon, who is now leading an Imperial Remnant to reclaim Mandalore. She met all of the ghost crew from Rebels and strongly chastised Sabine Wren for making a weapon called the Duchess after her sister uh, because it would destroy Mandalorian armor, which was considered sacrilege. They went on to work together to destroy it with a Mandalorian bow trusted confiding he thought Sabine would be a good leader. Mm, foreshadowing. Uh, Kreese and Ren were captured and tortured in this whole thing, but Sabine managed to reprogram the Duchess to target Stormtrooper armor. Instead, Sabine wanted to kill the traitor Saxon, but Bo warned her. She is called Bo for short. Um, Bo warned her it would make her no better than the Empire and it would not be honorable for Mandalorian. Um, and this is when Sabine and her mom told Bo, you would be a good leader. Here, have <laughs> the Darksaber. Skipping ahead, she met the Mandalorian, Din Djarin. She promised to give him info on the Jedi he was searching for. In this case, she was promising info about Ahsoka uh, if he helped her in her quest to regain the Darksaber. And she later helped him rescue Grogu as a part of all of this, um, though she wasn't happy because she's like, look, I need to be the one that gets it from Gideon in combat, okay? And then because of circumstances, <laughs> uh, Din Djarin had to fight. Moff Gideon, and he won the Darksaber, and she refused to take it from him even when he yielded because uh, she was so, she thought, kind of blamed herself because of everything that happened, believed it was because she hadn't won the blade and had been given it instead. After that, and this is where we're moving into season three spoilers, so just your final warning. Um, <laughs> after that, most of her colleagues abandoned her so she gave up on reclaiming Mandalore and tried to retire on Kalevala, the house of the home of House Kreez, and also the place she spent most of her time growing up. Mando, Dindajaran shows up with Grogu, asking about the location of the mines of Mandalore because he has to visit them to atone for breaking his creed, which he did by showing his face to someone not in his clan. She told him, like, don't bother, the planet is poisoned, but gave him the location, and he promised to tell her if it was, in fact, poisoned. Mm -hmm. And then Grogu came back piloting himself uh, solo, and she was like, oh, God, what happened here? Um, so she went back to Mandalore with him. To her shock, the air was safe to breathe. She rescued Mando, who had been captured by, like, a cyborg thing, um, and she used the Darksaber to do that. They go to the living waters, and Mando recites his vow and then just falls into the waters. <laughs> she goes to rescue him and sees the legendary Mythosar, which you've seen... Uh, the insignia of if you've seen the show. Um, but Mando doesn't remember seeing it, and she doesn't tell him that she saw it. Uh, Imperial bombed her castle, and though she was willing to die fighting them, Mando convinced her to come with him to the enclave of his creed, instructing her to wear her helmet to make it less tense, because they really don't like it. They don't think you're a Mandalorian if you show your face. This is a whole thing. The armorer, who is kind of Mando's adoptive mother, agreed that he was a Mandalorian in her eyes once again and asked Bo if she ba had bathed in the waters too. And she said, yes, she had. And then the armorer asked, well, have you removed your helmet since then? And when Bo confirmed that she had been in the waters but hadn't removed her helmet since, the armorer decided she too was redeemed. Uh, <laughs> and Bo was welcomed into the Enclave. Bo-Katan helped save a Mandalorian foundling, which just means kind of a kid, uh, 
And this is the greatest honor of a Mandalorian, so she is praised even more. The armor replaces her damaged armor. I'm Bo asked not for the Night Owl symbol, but for the symbol of the Mythosar. Um, she also helped fight pirates off of Navarro, which is the planet Grief Karga is from and where Mando's enclave has spent a lot of time living. Um, so then the armorer tells Bo to remove her helmet, telling her she represents all Mandalorians, those who follow the way, never removing their helmets, and those that don't, uh, and that they would follow her in her quest to reclaim Mandalore. Also, I'm pretty sure the dark saber was broken. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Some people were really mad about it because they were like, he finally gave her the Darksaber and it broke. <laughs> and now it's useless. Like, it just, yeah. that big plot is gone. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. But cool. I haven't seen it, so don't... I, I'm just saying what I've heard and read about. I'm pretty sure it's broken. So, she's definitely not... She's going to be showing up a bunch. I'm sure we'll revisit this in the future. But in the meantime, I did want to briefly talk about some of the fan reaction that I have seen. Um, so one of them was this kind of anger that she replaced Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, uh, fanboys being mad that she isn't f***able or that they just want to f*** her. Kind of, I guess they kind of feel like the whole plot was more about her and less about him. And they're like, but it's a show. And they're sort of like, there's good faith arguments to that and bad faith arguments. <laughs> a lot of people were like, she should have had her own show. Because it was, the season was mostly about her. But it's also called The Mandalorian. So, you know, I can see arguments either way. The behind every great man trope is certainly at play here. Because she's sort of like the one <laughs> who's been pushing all along. Like, we need to take Mandalore back. We need to get Mandalorians together, all this stuff. And he's just kind of like, <laughs> you do it. <laughs> Which is legit. I, I wouldn't want to do it either. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it is also some people have criticized that it's kind of like the technicalities of the Darksaber were being used too much with her story of like how you can get it and, and what ways like acceptable, um, which that's kind of like when you break it down, it gets messy. It, it gets really messy, but also kind of undermining of her character, of her serving as sort of a subplot to the Mandalorian, Mandalorian's story, a dude story. Uh, the This whole thing about the helmet, oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> the fighting about the helmet. This is where, like, the religious trauma, I'm telling you, we could do a whole thing about this. <laughs> and then also some people criticize, like, Din Djarin does, uh, he does swear his allegiance to her, but has not really given development to show that he cares. So it's sort of like a hollow thing. Oh, that's what some people felt anyway. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. Not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank. Brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, 
or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And then here's a quote I wanted to include from Collider. Having said that, The Mandalorian Season 3 essentially flipped protagonist. It's the inverse of The Book of Boba Fett, a series Din Djarin infamously took over halfway through in a clumsy, rushed move that wrecked all semblance of Season 2's emotional beats. Even though she's the anti-heroine-turned-heroine this franchise always needed, Bo-Katan distracted The Mandalorian's narrative focus in a way that epitomizes a continued lack of storytelling coherency within Star Wars television. Din deserves better from his narrative stewards, but so does the great Lady Kreese. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was complaining about to you before, is I just feel like a lot of these things have turned into, they don't commit to stuff. Oh. And then they also are kind of always... Is it just like an advertisement for the next show they want to create? Yeah, that's what I feel like. Yeah. Because, I mean, Ahsoka got got dinged for that, too, when she showed up in The Mandalorian, where it was kind of like, oh, here's your backdoor pilot for this thing, or, or like, here's the advertisement for the next season of this thing. Um, which I think can be done in a way that works, but as so much of it, it does kind of like take over the narrative story or, or the focus. So I... Yeah, I feel like it could be done like in one or two episodes, not half the season. Right. <laughs> right. And and again, like I do think it it could work, but that's my, my one of my biggest critiques. And I was telling you, like, I feel like I can't complain about anything about Star Wars because there's so many terrible Star Wars fans and they complain about things, yeah. but they're doing it in like a sexist, racist or whatever way. And I don't want to be associated right. with them. <laughs> but so I'm, I'm very defensive. Like, I'm like, no, I Bo-Katan, yes. Right. And I do like Bo-Katan. And I haven't seen this. So I, I'm just saying I agree with this critique and uh, past things that yeah. I have seen. But I also am very defensive of <laughs> um, because yeah. of these bad actors, uh, bad fans. I mean, it, it also, like, it does exactly the opposite. Instead of helping gain yeah. new fans, the loyal ones to yeah. that story, the Mandalorian story, are now more pissed off at this female character taking over exactly. instead of, yeah, so it's kind of like you're adding on the hate right. by doing something that you're thinking is going to add fans, but it really doesn't. Right, for sure. Or, yeah. I appreciate that they're adding more, like, diversity 100%, but I do feel like they're not getting the same storyline support so that that's also an issue i do feel like not only do they a lot of times i'm like well you didn't not only did you not commit to something you completely backtracked on all of this so that i don't really like 
I did. I, this is the part I'm not going to get into, but I found this whole thing about how like this whole season has been an example of them kind of throwing a plot lines about characters that you love, but they're like, no, we hate them now. And they don't really explain why. That is another <laughs> thing I don't like. Uh, but that comes down to like the Watsonian versus Doylean argument that I did talk about in my happy hour. My fan fiction is better than yours, <laughs> which was about this, where, you know, there, there's like a good way to explain in universe why things are happening. And then there's us as viewers being like, oh, they can't afford this or oh, the technology doesn't exist or oh, whatever, whatever. That is kind of an issue going on here. I will say like, I, I, I do intend to watch season three, but right now, a lot of the stuff I'm getting is very spicy. People have strong opinions about it. Some, most of them are kind of like, I liked it, but but it's not like hate. It's just kind of funny. Right. I'm getting a lot of the the spicy, like, I can't believe they did this or this, but that happens at the end of everything. Like I said, it's not hate. Right. It's just sort of like, ooh, that fired up. I want to talk about it. It didn't go necessarily the way I want. Um, but it's also very funny because there's a tag I see in fan fiction a lot called my very complicated feelings towards Bo-Katan Kreese. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's also one for Satine Kreese. There's one for like every character. Oh, okay. It's not... Okay. Yeah, no, but it's just it's funny. It's not just because... No. Okay. No, no, no. That makes more sense. No, it's more because it's sort of Mandalorian history is such a mess. But so is everything in Star Wars. Like, eh, it's all... It's all... I mean, you have three different versions of the original movie. So. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Yes. Um, and then I did want to end with this one quote from bo I wish I was good at something other than war. Yeah. She's very, she's very, she's a compelling character. Yeah. She, she is very conflicted. And she did make these huge mistakes that kind of, at least in her mind, and I would say accurately did help bring the end of the Mandalore she knew. Um, and she's trying to atone for him, which I think is mm-hmm. a compelling storyline. Mm-hmm. And especially like, her sister died in part because of like her bringing Death Watch to the planet. Um, so yeah, I mean she's she's got a lot going on, and I'm sure she's going to show up, and she might get her own show. I've heard rumors that she might. Um, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. And I could go on and on about her too, uh, but for now, that's it. For now, that is all <laughs> I have to say. Uh, but listeners, if you have something to say, uh, please. Write in and let us know. You can email us at Stephanie and Mom Stuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff One Never Told You. You can also find us on YouTube. We have a book. You can pre-order it at StephanieShouldReadBooks.com. Thanks as always to our super producer Christina, our executive producer Maya, and our contributor Joey. Thank you, thank you. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. 
Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 